Breitbart News Daily. Thanks for being here. We're now streaming the show, simulcasting the show, on the first TV, DirecTV channel 347, 1220 on Uverse, also the thefirsttv.com, and um, the first TV app. And anywhere else you stream, anything like Roku, Distro, uh, Pluto, any of those stations as well, the first TV is there too. So you can watch the second two hours of the show on on on, on the first TV. So uh, we're trying to think, you know, what what segment do we put here? A uh, ton of great phone calls, obviously, but the phone calls are interesting because they they really flow. It's like one, it's like it's like a two and a half hours or so of phone calls that all kind of build on each other. So if you just play the last segment of phone calls, they're kind of out of nowhere because it all it's like one big thing. So it's kind of hard to play like a segment of phone calls. Um, so let's just put like the initial first segment up, uh, the, the ins and outs, uh, the brass tacks, and then we'll go to Emma Joe Morris with the analysis next. Here's our opening segment of the show today. Iowa caucus, 51% of the vote. Ron DeSantis got second, 21.2% of the vote. Nikki Haley got third, 19.1% of the vote. So if you went to bed last night and you knew that Donald Trump won, but it was still a race for second place, DeSantis came out on top over Nikki Haley. Vivek at 7.2%. I think he did better than... Well, this has been polling. Um, so Vivek said, but here's Vivek at the end of the night. As I've said since the beginning, there are two America First candidates in this race. And earlier tonight, I called Donald Trump to tell him that I congratulated him on his victory. And now going forward, he will have my full endorsement for the presidency. And I think we're going to do the right thing for this country. So Vivek has dropped out of the race. A little perspective on last night. The largest margin of victory ever in the Iowa caucus was Bob Dole back in 1988. Bob Dole beat Pat Robertson by 12 points. Uh, Trump won by 30. The previous was 12. And Trump won by 30. Bob Dole also had 37% of the total vote. Pat Robertson at, at 25%. And that was a record win. No, no one's ever won the Iowa caucus with 37% of the total vote. And Trump had 51%. So it's an all-time dominating, crushing Iowa caucus performance. That's just it's true. A uh, little perspective, a little closer in history. I know numbers are tough on the radio and it's early, but some numbers are... Uh, Ted Cruz won the Iowa caucus in 2016. He won with uh, 28% of the vote by four points. So uh, Ted Cruz had 28, Trump had 24, Rubio had 23. Ted Cruz won by four. The record was 12. Trump won by 30. And then beat that, that mark he needed for it to be a total knockout blow, being over 50%. It's just something about, you know, if he got 48% of the vote, it wouldn't be as dramatic as 51. So that's just a, f a fun thing to say in his press releases and his speeches that he got a majority of the overall vote. So the good news for everyone is that DeSantis got second and Nikki Haley got third. So Nikki Haley cannot claim she got second and in no way has any legitimate claim to almost winning or or being the not Trump vote. I guess she only is off by two points, I guess. So maybe she could still claim that she's the she's the not Trump vote. I mean, she will. <laughs> she's not dropping out. She's going to go to New Hampshire where she's polling much better. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but but she didn't get second. And that that's good. We'll talk more about Nikki uh, later. They, they uh, give the delegates out proportionally. So DeSantis got eight delegates. Nikki got seven. And that's another loss, right? So Nikki... If it was even closer, then Nikki could be like, oh, well, uh, we're tied for delegates. DeSantis and I, we both got eight delegates, but they didn't. 
DeSantis got eight, Nikki got seven. So she is in third. I guess she's polling way ahead DeSantis in um, New Hampshire and 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 also in uh, her home state of South Carolina. We'll get to that in a second. So the question is, what's next? Are we, are we good on what happened? Trump 51, DeSantis 21, Nikki 19. So what's next for each candidate? I don't know if this has ever happened before. Maybe it has. But the people who are, who are wanting to stay in, they're making this argument of, well, if all the other people support me, then we'll have a chance. If, if I stay in and everyone else drops out and they all support me, I'll have a chance. Now, technically, that's not even true in Iowa because Trump got 51% of the vote. But I don't remember ever hearing that in 2016. I don't remember like, like Rubio supporters in 2016 being like, well, listen, if everyone else drops out and votes for me, then we'll have a chance. But I'm hearing uh, people say that in the Nikki and the, and the DeSantis camp. So who, who will be the not Trump vote? Surely they have to be talking to each other. Don't you think, like, wouldn't Ron and Nikki call each other out and be like, all right, what are we going to do here? If we both hate Trump that much, one of us has to drop out and consolidate this vote here. Right? Because we're not going to split it. We're not going to split it in which. It ain't going to happen. Trump got 51%. So it, like, mathematically, we can't split the remaining 50 and win. So what are, what, are, what are we doing? Right? So each of them has to try to appeal to the what? I don't even know. Like the ego, I guess, of, of the other person to try to get the other person to drop out. So it is good for Trump that DeSantis got second because, again, this whole media concoction, the Nikki's, Nikki's the guy, Nikki's the, the gal. She's, 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 she's the rising star. Uh, the fact that she got third, I mean, if she got second, if she got second and got 35% of the vote, you know, obviously higher the better, but something like 35% of the vote, then, then, then they'd be like, ooh, wow, she's, you know, DeSantis should drop out and support her, and then, then, then that'd be something. Uh, but she got third. I mean, come on. But she'll she'll probably I mean she'll definitely stay in, so it's really up to Ron, it's up to DeSantis, in New Hampshire. Does that make sense? Do I need to do a whole I like Ron DeSantis thing or no? Can we just move on past that? Uh, you know, you say anything good about Trump and DeSantis supporters think you're bashing DeSantis or no? We're 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 smarter than that. So, uh, in New Hampshire, the latest poll. Has and by the way, Trump beat the latest poll. The, the latest poll in Iowa from two days ago, Trump was at forty-eight percent support. He got fifty-one percent. So I don't know, we'll see what happens in New Hampshire. But uh, the latest poll is Trump at forty-three and Nikki at thirty. So let's say that holds. That, that that's a thirteen point. I don't know what the record win is in New Hampshire, but you know, thirteen points would have beat the record win in, in Iowa. Um, so he's up by thirteen, double-digit lead. DeSantis only has five. DeSantis put all of his eggs. Not all of his eggs, but most of them in the uh, the Iowa basket. Not a lot in New Hampshire. He's only at 5% in New Hampshire. What is that about? How does he only get five? We had a guy from New Hampshire call him the other day. He called He's like, uh, man, how's it doing up in New Hampshire? How's it going up in New Hampshire? He's like, oh, it's a rhino herd up here, man. <laughs> it's a rhino herd. 30% for Nikki, 5% for DeSantis. And, and, and Vivek was at five. He's out now, right? South Carolina, Nikki's home state. Trump's at 54. Haley's at 25. DeSantis at 12. So the next two battles, DeSantis is, is, is going to be worse than he did last night. So while Nikki is, well, got third, so you're like, oh, well, the third place person should leave. Well, she has much better prospects moving forward. So she's not leaving. She's got to make it to her home state. So the question is, where is the no, the the anti-Trump money going to go? Is the anti-Trump money going to consolidate behind DeSantis or consolidate behind Nikki Haley? Probably Nikki. So what does that mean for DeSantis? That's just the question. So I'll throw the, the, the first question out to you. 866 Nine five Patriot eight six six nine five Patriot. Uh, should DeSantis and or Nikki drop out? Let me throw it to you though. If you're let me be more more specific specific. 
if uh, let's say we're having a, a, another caucus right now, <laughs> we're all we're all one big caucus here on Sirius XM Patriot, and it's not every not everyone listening is a Trump voter. So, I mean, if Trump did get fifty, we got fifty one percent. I mean, that still means forty nine percent didn't vote for him. So, Trump supporters, what is your message to the DeSantis supporter, or what is your message to the Nikki Haley supporter? Pretend we're in a big caucus this morning. What is your message for them to jump on the Trump train now? Just be done with it already. Get on the Trump train. Support this. Maybe I should I should focus this specifically to the the DeSantis team because that I think that's the most holdo. There's the most uh, like Venn diagram crossover between. I I don't know the Nikki Haley support. I don't get that. I don't I don't know that person. So we're gonna we got um, Alex coming up at seven and then. Um, I'm a Joe coming up at eight, so we'll talk to we'll talk to them about the uh, the Nikki Haley person. <laughs> so let's just talk to Vivek, or excuse me, let's just talk to DeSantis. So you're talking to a DeSantis supporter, saying, "Hey, come over now. It's time to support the Trump train." What do you say? Eight six six nine five Patriot. That's one question I have for you today. Let's talk about election interference here, real quick. This is the claim from the DeSantis team that they. Uh, called the race they called trump the winner too quickly but not only too quickly the caucus like people didn't even vote yet now there's and they're saying that that suppressed the vote i don't think it certainly didn't affect the outcome but i'm gonna i'm gonna side with desantis's team of like whoa whoa come on but not even desantis's team so imagine like this you don't have to imagine this is what happened caucus starts at seven right so everyone's freezing cold you bundle up. It's like negative eleven, and so, <laughs> so you bundle up, and you you know you clear your night, and it's late, you know. Uh, you got stuff tomorrow. You got to go to work this morning. So, but okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to caucus. It's once every four years we we'll go caucus. So we go. We do the thing, and uh, it's seven o'clock, and it's seven o. Uh, so so you go seven o one, and you um uh hear speeches. So you go, and you got to listen to speeches from from every candidate or a delegate of every candidate, and some speeches are ten seconds. And, but maybe you'd be at a precinct or wherever where there's a long speech. Someone goes on for 15 minutes. Okay, So you haven't even voted yet. And you get an alert on your phone saying that Donald Trump won. You literally have not yet voted. You have not done the caucus yet. You're just standing there. You're just listening to speeches first. And you haven't even gone. And you got an alert. Uh, race call for Trump. <laughs> well, so I don't think that affected the outcome. I don't think people left at that point. Maybe we'll get a couple anecdotal stories about that. But it's not like 25% of the electorate left at that point. Uh, but it's definitely like whack. You know what I mean? It's definitely like, oh, like, come on. I haven't even voted yet. I took my whole night here. And you already told me one. Like, let me, like, let's, let's play the, let's do the thing here first before you just go calling it that quickly. So I do think that's lame, but I don't think it affected anything in the end. 866-95-PATRIOT. I'm, um, I'm old enough. And we'll take your, your phone calls here. Uh, I'm old enough. I don't know if this is just me or if this is like an age thing, but if I'm watching a football game or something that I don't care about, like I don't care about who wins. I'm not like a Michigan fan or whatever. Uh, I feel more bad for the team that loses than I am happy for the team that won. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm like, ah, oh, man, Washington, they had such a good season, you know? They're really, they're really close to this one. They couldn't pull it off. <laughs> more than I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, good for Michigan or whatever. I, I get more, I'm more sad. I don't know why. I'm just like old and lame, I guess. I don't... So I just want to take a minute to feel for the DeSantis team. Listen, we're all on the same side. Okay, let me say this. When Donald Trump beats Joe Biden in 10 months from now, rest assured, I'm not going to sit here and be like, wow, I feel really bad for all the... Um, Joe Biden supporters. <laughs> all right, there will be there will be no no tears shed, no empathy for the people who really gave it their all on the Joe Biden campaign. Don't worry about that. But I like DeSantis, and of course we're all on the same team. I like DeSantis supporters. I like John Nolte said uh, I was DeSantis curious for a while. <laughs> I like that line. So we're all we're all on the same team, man. No hard feelings. And not only no hard feelings, I was talking to Jesse Kelly last night on the TV. And by the way, in 40 minutes is our very first simulcast 
of Breitbart News Daily on the First TV. If you have Direct TV Channel 347, you can watch on uh, Direct TV or you watch on uh, thefirsttv.com. You can download the First TV app and every streaming service. The First TV. Forty minutes is our first uh, streaming simulcast of the show, where Alex will be our first guest. Anyway, we're talking to Jesse Kelly last night. Jesse Kelly is a big um, DeSantis supporter. He likes, of course, he's going to vote for the Republican nominee, but he likes DeSantis a lot. And he just said, "Hey, man." Stinks. He's he's run. He's like I run for Congress twice. Lost both times. Stinks to lose. <laughs> I hate to lose. But head held high to the man who who runs and the man who fights and the man who gets in the race. And that's absolutely true. And as reminded of the the Teddy Roosevelt man in the arena speech. All right, it's not the it's not the critic who counts, but the man who. Or, or, or the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs but comes up short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. It goes on. I love the line. And this part of the speech ends with... Uh, his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know defeat nor victory. So listen, he got in the race, commendable. Head held high, no shame. But now what do we do? That's for DeSantis. Nikki Haley fans, I don't know what to do with you. 866-95-PATRIOT, 866-95-PATRIOT. We'll go to Stanley, who's in Arkansas. What's going on, Stanley? Not much. Good morning, Mike. Um, as far as what I would say to the DeSantis and Haley group as to why they should just go ahead and bow out and, you know, let Trump have the nomination. So, one, to, re, you know, hopefully unite the Republican Party and help further the chances of Trump definitely winning in the general. But, two, with Vivek dropping out and throwing his support behind Trump, one— Vivek voters and supporters are going to be more likely to transfer to Trump anyhow. And two, with him throwing his support behind him, that's all the more reason. And once you add his numbers, even though they're small, that just increases Trump's lead in the polls. You know, what, 18 up in New Hampshire? And I don't know what down in South Carolina. So, I mean, it's they need to just kind of face the realization, which they're not going to, but it's over. I mean, Trump's going to be the nominee. Yeah, your math was perfect there. Uh, that was that's that's impressive. Yeah, so Trump has uh, he's up by thirteen right now over Nikki. You add Vivek's five because I I can't imagine a Vivek supporter going. In. I mean, the, the the Venn diagram of Vivek and Trump is pretty high. As Vivek said, uh, there's only two America First candidates running. So I, I don't imagine I don't imagine any Vivek people going to Nikki. Maybe someone go no, to DeSantis, I guess. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, possibly DeSantis, but none of them are going to go to Nikki. Yeah. Uh, so, so now, yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, I think yeah. they need to just try to reunite the party as much as possible behind one candidate early so that we can get, you know, as many of the moderates, the independents, and the ones, you know, kind of on the fence behind Trump. Um, Especially as magnanimous as he was last night in his, uh, you know, acceptance speech or his victory speech. I mean, that if he can continue that throughout the rest of the campaign, I think he has a good shot at bringing over some of the independents and moderates that he may not have been able to before. Yes, yes, very you know, good. No name calling, none of that. So, yeah, that's right. Very good, Stanley. I appreciate the call. Well said. Um, so we talked to Alex on the TV show last night. We did live coverage last night. And uh, again, Alex coming up here in about a half hour. And uh, Alex talked about Trump's most recent town hall, I think it was, and uh, how Trump is moderating his speech in, in many ways to appeal to different types of voters. We'll talk more about it in a little bit. But it's interesting to do that because, A, will you alienate? Let's just, let's just come up with one topic and make it more concrete. Let's say abortion. So his, um, his abortion talk is, is more moderating, right? more moderated, more, uh, oh, you know, there should be exceptions in these cases, and let's find a week that we can all agree on. Okay. That's, that's much more moderate than pro-life, 100%, you know, we're, we're Texas here. 
Okay, so there's two things that. First, will you alienate some of your diehard supporters? Sure, but not enough to have any of them not vote for you. But the real question, I think, is will the media let that Trump message break through? Will anyone in the media play any clip of Trump saying any unifying message ever? And will anyone in the media ever be like, you know, guys, he's actually... Like there's some things here that are actually pretty pretty sensible and sane and rational and normal here that he's calling for. And, and like the, the no way is the answer. No way will the media ever let any clip, any quote of Trump ever get past that is not, you know, spun, twisted, clipped. That is the most extreme thing that they can uh, they can make up. So that's really interesting because Trump can do this unifying message and it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, one point on, and we'll, we'll take a break and we'll take some, uh, some of your phone calls here about what, what to do next now for Republicans, what to do next if you're Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, what's your message to them to jump behind? Because maybe at this point, like I like the point of, hey, guys, let's unify, let's be stronger together as one party so we can better take on Joe Biden. That's a good argument. I think it's a good argument. Uh, it's a better argument like, like months ago. Now we're already in it. It's like, well, I don't know. Should you just like finish? <laughs> like we're so close here to at least like at least doing the things. Like let's just we got New Hampshire in a week, and then we got uh, Nevada two weeks after that, and then we got South Carolina two weeks after that. Can we hang in for a month and just kind of finish these this first little spurt, and then we'll maybe drop out before Super Tuesday? That's March third or something. March early March. Uh, I don't know. Or you just drop out now. Let's look at total votes because you're going to hear a lot about turnout being low. Now, maybe the fact that it was negative 11 will have something to do with that. Maybe. Uh, I, I wonder how the other campaigns are going to are going to spin this or how people are spinning it. My first thought to a, a lower turnout is everyone just knew Trump was going to win by a mile. So what's the point? That, that's that's that would be my thought. But let's look at overall votes. So in 2016, Trump got 45,000 votes at the Iowa caucus. In 2020, he got 56,000 votes. Now, 2020 was uncontested. Uh, And then yesterday, he got 56,000 votes. So the turnout, maybe overall, was down, but only among other people. Not among Trump supporters. His, His support stayed the same as it did four years ago. Even after all the ever, even after Mar-a-Lago, and he says 91 indictments and all, whatever, all these other things, he's, his, his support's uh, right there. And arguments be made that in other states, still going up. It's a low turnout, sure. But if anything, it was, I, I, would, I, would, I would conclude that the low turnout was because everyone knew Trump was going to win by so much. It's like, what's the point? Every, everyone I know is voting for Trump, so like, whatever, he'll pull it out. And it's, ele- it's negative 11. I was going to say 11. It's not 11 degrees. It's negative 11 degrees. Also, the entrance polls. They do entrance polls in Iowa, not exit polls. The entrance polls. Uh, 60% of evangelicals supported uh, Donald Trump. That's interesting as well. You're going to hear a lot from the media in the next... Uh, oh, I wonder. I don't know how long they're going to do this. But the New Statesman last week had a headline. Do evangelicals see Trump... As God. No. It was a long article. And but but no is the answer. So there's a but there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of like like who are these Christians? What do they what do they think? Do they think Trump is Jesus himself? Like they're very confused about it, which is uh which is funny. Welcome to Breitbart News Daily. Obviously, love Emma Jo. Here she is. Our humble scribe, Emma Jo Morris, who, among other things, if you're watching on the TV and you're new to the show, uh, Emma Jo is the intrepid reporter 
who broke the Hunter Biden laptop story. But that is just one example of her many journalistic bona fides and shall not define her as a reporter or a person for the rest of her life. Breitbart Politics Editor Emma Jo Morris. How are you, Emma Jo? Hey, how's it going? Good. You're you're speaking to my deepest insecurity slater, and um, I like to think of myself as known for uh, bringing the world Alfonso. So. Who's Alfonso? Oh my God, Slater, catch up on my work. <laughs> I wrote a column a year ago talking about my day with a Biden migrant, and his name was Alfonso, and oh, it is yes. really a story to be read. You. <laughs> This is a story to be read. Here it is, 2022 Man of the Year, illegal immigrant Alfonso. Oh, see, I see. Yeah. I always feel he a little. He was I don't named was... Man of the Year, and and he was named Man of the Year because of the story I wrote. That was a follow up. Oh, that's unbelievable. I, so I always, I don't say I feel bad for you, but like I, don't, I don't want to be known for a thing, and I don't want you to be known for a thing. Breaking the Hunter Biden laptop, but. But it seems like you. This is what you want to be. This is this is your thing. This is, I did this. I did. I, I brought Alfonso to the world. Yeah, yeah. The thing that I am known for is not the Hunter Biden laptop. It's it's the day with a Biden migrant where I spent my afternoon in New York City, broke, abandoned, and lost in New York with uh, with this guy. It was okay. awesome. All right. I cannot wait. That is priority number one after the show today is to learn up on Alfonso. Absolutely. Um, and we got a lot of big questions, um, but let me ask you, uh, let me ask this one first, because we had some callers talk about this earlier, um, that the Nikki Haley supporters, the play is that uh, we have to vote for Nikki, because if we vote for Trump, it's just going to be so much drama, and there's going to be riots, and the media is going to be all about Trump, and it's just, I can't take it anymore, so let's vote for Nikki, where she'll do like 85% of the Trump things so like that's good, but we don't have to put up with it all. What do you, what do you, first of all, do you think that is a calculus? We had some people call and make that argument. Um, and what do you make of that calculus? First of all, I would just like to correct you. I'm so sorry, um, and I hate to do this, and I do this with the utmost respect. But you said Nikki Haley supporters, um, and I would just correct you to say Nikki Haley supporter. No S. Yeah. Um, and that's nonsense. That's nonsense. She's not even a close um, comparison to Trump. Um, if anything, if you wanted to do the drama-free route, you would maybe go for DeSantis. But I don't believe that. And that's the thing. Like, this is all, this is all not true. Because, listen, the left, and you see, was, look at the way that they treated Bush. Like, if you, can, if you can scrub your mind of what you currently see now, which is the affable old man who has a painting hobby, <laughs> they were calling him a Nazi. The, the, the legacy media, the liberal media, the activist media will never let a Republican glide into the pres uh, presidency. They will never let that happen. So if it's not Trump who's the Nazi today, it'll be DeSantis who's the Nazi tomorrow, or even the lovely and brilliant Nikki. George Bush. You mean the man with the, the painting hobby? <laughs> yes, that's all he's known as. Yeah, the not the not, old man. Yeah, not the, the man who they burned in effigy uh, in the streets <laughs> of the world. <laughs> not not the that war, guy. If you, if you have a, a long memory, he was a war criminal and a Nazi. Um, <laughs> years ago oh man all right what do you make of um, it. it's like so yeah. why are they like oh like no the, the media will be nice to me now if i just you know bend the knee and vote for for the the liberal neocon nikki please stop it guys guys it's okay we can take them on they're clowns ah uh, so that's the question <clears throat> so i've been making the argument and i guess it was the wrong argument that that uh, don't let the hysterical make you hysterical and I, exactly. I, I, Don't be intimidated by these thugs. Well, that's like a second stage. It's one thing to, for an hysterical person to make you hysterical. But this is almost uh, the argument. Like, don't make, don't let the hysterical people make you weak or something or, or pathetic yes. or, right? or like cave. So why not? Because I like what you said. You're like, don't worry about these people. Like we can we can beat these people. 100 percent. And what are they going to do? Call you a racist? What's the difference between 
that like today them doing that and then like whatever yeah there's gonna be drama okay it's fine our country is on the brink yeah but they may riot okay there are they also riot now are they not rioting over quote-unquote palestine yeah like they also riot. they always it's we can't. We cannot be held hostage by insane people. I refuse to be held hostage by insane people. We have a country to preserve. Yeah, that's also just never a good way to go through life. Like you can't live your life based off of how you think other people will react to things you do. Like you know what I mean? Like, that's just like a really unhealthy thing. I, I'm pretty sure Andrew well, Breitbart. That's it, of course. And like, if you're doing, like, you're making Rachel Maddow the the dictator of the country. It's no, yeah. no, yeah. no. And your, or of your Black mind. Lives Matter or whatever it is. Although apparently Black Lives Matter is pro Trump. God knows what's going on there. But you oh, know, I, like, you're not going to get psycho leftists, you know, um, to calm down. There's no Republican <laughs> candidate or conservative candidate that's going to get the blue haired activist brigade. To chill out. <laughs> so, and Joe Biden can't even do that if it's mm. any consolation. These people yeah. <laughs> are unhinged. So we can't be bullied by their whims. Um, and, the, and the media has a better haircut, but they're no different than these people. These people are totally out of their minds. And um, we won't be cowed by them, not at least at Breitbart. All right. So let's big picture about what happened last night. Any. Um... Any hot takes here? Trump 51, Ron 21, Nikki 19. Yeah. um, Well, initial hot takes is this race is over, and I don't understand how Vivek was the only one last night who acknowledged that. Um, I commend him for his grasp on politics. The others are just kind of burning donor money, which is fine with me. Um, but the faster we get this over with, the faster we can get the money channeled toward the general election, which is where it's really going to be necessary. Um, so uh, that's kind of my takeaway is this is, I mean, we knew that it was a foregone conclusion, but now we know it's a foregone conclusion. Trump's the nominee. Um, he's not a bad nominee. Yes, there's drama. Yes, he's really, there's drama because he's being persecuted and star chambers across the country um and we should grapple with that reality um and unite behind him his agenda is very conservative most importantly his agenda is going to walk us back from the ledge that joe biden has has us teetering on right now uh between the debt the disastrous foreign policy the inflation um and uh this guy at least on those issues those most critical issues has his arms around them the best so we're good um i think that everyone can sleep well at night with him as the nominee and honestly if it was, like if it's just my opinion which i guess this is my airtime right now so i'll tell it to you the fact that there is all this quote-unquote drama this isn't drama this is intimidation of the opposition of the regime Yes. This isn't drama. Drama isn't the word. They are trying to put him in jail for 700 years as a warning to any populist conservative who wants to challenge the establishment. This isn't about being right-wing. This is about being anti-establishment. And they want to tell you that if you're an anti-establishment billionaire who thinks that you can run for president without the, the system behind you, sorry, but you're going to solitary confinement and you're going to die there. So I think that we should probably um, protest that. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, to, to downplay it as drama. Yeah, it's not a, drama. This isn't drama. This is Soviet. <laughs> what are yeah, they I'm doing? Just, sorry, you've teleported me back to the Constitutional Convention or the uh, the Congressional the, the, the Declaration of Independence where they're like, I don't know, guys. I don't need the drama. <laughs> Feel like, Seriously, right? Yeah, you know what like, had a lot of drama? <laughs> Rebellion like against the British crown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, guys. Better just uh, kind of lay low here. Like, oh, that's so lame. I can't, I can't, I can't deal with that. That's just, I've no, I've no time for that. Like that. Like if if you were fighting a war and that was someone, you you like leave that person at home. 
Like, sorry, man. Like, right. The, the Nikki Haley, the Nikki Haley people are like, you know, the taxes aren't that bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's it was, I don't even like tea. So they, <laughs> they can throw it in the bay or the harbor. I don't care. I don't even like it. Um, all right. So I want to get your take on the uh, on the midwits. I'm a Joe. Uh, it's my favorite meme uh, on the Internet. Always has been. And it's a bell curve. And on the far left of the bell curve is the are the low IQ truck drivers, the, the uh, you know, the Breitbart News Daily listeners, right? the, the, the low mm-hmm. IQ, just a truck driver. Uh, for, never, never went to college. Right. Let's look at the entrance polls here. And those who never even went to college. Emma Joe. I mean, they, it wasn't even a twinkle in their eye. They just went to like some like, like, you know, like trade school or like, like a plumber now, you know, um, 74% of those idiots voted for Donald Trump. But those with an advanced degree, only 25 voted for Trump. 38% voted for Nikki Haley. So back to this meme. So the, very, the left of the, the meme is the, are the low IQ. And on the right of the meme are the, the, the sages, the brilliant sages. And the joke is that the low IQ and the sages have the same opinion. And it's the bell yeah, curve in the middle with the midwits where have, you have your like, a, a average or above average IQ, definitely uh, highly educated and think they're so smart and therefore think they're so much better than the low IQ. And they make things overly complicated as well. And they think they're right. And they, I guess as Reagan said, they know so much that isn't so. Uh, and I just love this meme. And I think it explains so much. I think it explains the hatred of Trump because these midwits thought that Trump was one of them. Uh, but it turns out that Trump is indeed the sage who often agrees with the the the, the never attended college Iowans uh, about like maybe we should secure our border. Oh, but the midwits are like oh, but uh, but uh, amnesty and and this and blah, it's complicated. Global citizen, blah, 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 like make things like way too complicated as opposed to like uh, nope, uh, secure the border, sovereign country. And the low IQ and the sage have that same opinion. First of all, what do, what do you think of that? And uh, what is one to do with the midwits that run this country? Yeah, I think that's totally right. I love that meme um, and <laughs> know it well, have laughed at it many times. <laughs> it's so true. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, like, yeah, agree. Um, the, the What to do with those people, they're going to come around. They're going to come around because in the general election, they're going to be sitting in the ballot box looking at choices between Trump and and this buffoon who we have as the, the current president um who is clearly even if you want to say that he's a doddering old man and it's so cute and whatever and he's so nice he seems like such a nice person i get that all the time as if like you know we haven't seen the fact that he thrust his crack addicted son into the arms of the chinese communist party gangsters uh in order to sell the country out um but the nice man or trump there's two obvious policy examples that you've lived through in your life recently that you can base your decision off of. And I think that the, uh, the overeducated fools who, who perceive the world through the books that they read and not their own experience that they've thought about, which is the difference between the two ends of the bell curve, um, that that they that they're going to make that choice and that they're going to choose Trump. Like I'm sorry that he's crushing it, and he's crushing it not because he's the funniest man in America, which he is, <laughs> but because the Biden thing isn't working out. It's just not working out. It's not sticking. Nobody's sold on quote unquote Bidenomics, um, and everybody is freaking out right now the news cycle aside from the uh, aside from the election is that uh we're getting like terrorized by this group of of cavemen in yemen yeah which which uh breitbart's reporting way in front of it making the point that uh, Biden is the one who took the Houthis off the terror list so that they could then get more money from Iran to get more Yeah, that was one of his first things he did in office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. But setting that ship right. What? Yeah. Like, no, this guy, these people are, you know, if you want to know who's at that middle of the bell curve, it's the Biden administration. Yes. These people yes. are all Yale-educated morons 
who yes. sit around and pontificate over cocktails and um, don't interact with reality. Yes. And yes. Trump's the opposite of that. Trump is the guy who was standing on construction sites talking to the guys building things mm -hmm. and uh, and talking to people who make money all around the world and, and getting their take for 40 years. Yes. Like, it's not a choice. Like, it's, it's an obvious choice. And I think that the people who, again, the the Nikki Haley supporter singular, the you know the people who are are drama averse. And listen, I'm not like even I'm God forbid I am not trashing anybody who has different opinions. I've heard the last caller already. Sounds like a very sensible guy. I'm not I'm not even hating at all. And I and I hope I'm not being misinterpreted. I just don't see those reasons as rising to what we're looking at, which is total persecution of the opposition and total persecution of our movement and obvious, obvious uh, policy choice here between yeah. Trump and Biden. I guess that, so, that, yeah. that, that stands a supporting caller. And listen, I appreciate passion. I love it. Um, and, and I've been known to hang on to things longer than, than one should as well. Um, but what do you make of his argument that the hanging on to hope the the uh, he'll be the, the the number two in waiting lawfare is real lawfare is going to take Trump out he won't be on the ballots and uh, we we need DeSantis to be there waiting in the wings. Listen, why do we love DeSantis? And I love DeSantis. I totally do. Just for the record, I think he's totally brilliant. I think that he has done an, an exquisite job as governor of Florida, and really as a cultural figure and moving the Overton window in the whole country over to the right. But you think, so, so that's why we love him, right? Let's say, let's say, let's play this out. Let's say he wins. Uh, are, is, is the people who ran the Russia collusion hoax where they tried to, to sell to America that president Trump was a Manchurian candidate working in collaboration with, Putin? Are, they, are those people going to toss Ron DeSantis the keys when he gets in? Is that what we think? Do we think that Ron DeSantis won't be the next person who has some treasonous allegation lodged against him? Is DeSantis going to get the bureaucracy of more than a million people in Washington who work at that, at that rotted mess we call the government? Are all those people going to wake up on January 20th or whatever it is, 2025, and say, okay, Team DeSantis, and put a alligator emoji in their bio? Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. If he wins, he is going to the same war that Trump is, and maybe he'll be, you know, more, I've heard the argument that he'll be, you know, better equipped to deal with that, that he'll know something better than Trump. It's not about knowing your civics. It's about the fact that you're dealing with gangsters who are going to try to thwart you and wouldn't be above turning the CIA on you. This isn't a matter of knowing your civics. This is like street rules. And uh, I don't really get, like, uh, that's it. Like, I don't think that this is, like, fully, with all due respect to the, to the people who hold this belief, I, I disagree that he's going to have a an easier time, a more cooperative government, or a less hostile um, intelligence community that is not interested in the America First agenda. They are globalists and they're corrupt. Obviously, they're not playing ball at all with anyone. Maybe if you get uh, Donor Barbie in, they'll be more cooperative with her because everyone there is on the same page. But Trump or DeSantis, like real populist? Mm -mm, no, sorry. Think again. You need somebody who's going to be just going in with a blowtorch. I just uh, <clears throat> I want to highlight <clears throat> for everyone in case you missed it. Uh, donor Barbie. Now, <laughs> I just threw that in and continued talking. I believe <laughs> that deserved that deserves a highlight. Um, so I believe you're talking about a one Nikki Haley. Um, now I can't say that. It'd be very <laughs> yeah, misogynistic of me, Emma Jo. I could never say. I would never. I never would say such a thing about you a woman. Never, you, you would never even think it, obviously. Please. But you, <clears throat> women, are allowed to say that to fellow women. But she has uh, three-inch heels, Emma Joe, and she ain't afraid to use them, girlfriend. Yeah, remember remember when she said that? What does that even mean? She always says things. She's very funny. 
kind of Kamala Harris, Hillary Clinton vibes. Like, she says things that she thinks are going to land so hard and she's going to destroy her haters, and they never make sense. That three-inch heels thing, what did she say? It was something about, like, using them as ammunition. It made absolutely no sense. It was very unmemorable, except for the fact that it was very confusing. She made another one of those last night, which I actually heard this take on MSNBC, weirdly enough, and it was kind of the smartest thing that has, I think, ever been said on that network, where they were analyzing her speech, and they said um, that they think that when she, she said, tonight has shown that this is a two-man race, and she came in third place. So they said that they think that her speech wasn't edited and she was expecting to come in second place to Trump, oh, that's great. and that they didn't edit that line when DeSantis actually uh, beat her, and she just said it. And I think that that's what happened because that made zero sense. She came in third place. If it's a two-man yeah. race, Nikki, go home. Yeah, very uh, funny. She's hilarious, her, honestly. Her, li- her line about heels <laughs> in the debate was was so good that she tweeted it the next day. So it had to be yeah, yeah, yeah. She does pretty- that too, which is so funny. She'll, like, do these horrendous jokes or whatever they are and then tweet them the next day. Yeah. <laughs> Vivek, <laughs> I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. That's yeah, no, no, no. What? Don't <laughs> <laughs> bar. It's funny. Um, load him up and let him rip? Like, I, <laughs> I, I still, like, still kind of lay awake at night sometimes trying to parse Nikki Haley's words. That's great. Uh, last question for you, Imajum. Uh The media. How is the media, uh, how are you assessing how they're proceeding right now? Uh, very concerned that Trump's a dictator. And uh, I don't think we're going to get to today because we've got a bunch of phone calls. But tomorrow we're going to talk about this NBC News article about how uh, tr- they're concerned that Trump is going to pressure the military. Uh, which is a very funny sentence because you don't pressure, the commander in chief doesn't pressure the military. The military is not this like separate entity that that the president like has to like deal with or something like he's the commander in chief over the military. He's completely in charge as put there by the citizens right. of this country. So it's like an interesting thing. And he's going to use that. He's going to use that power to quash uh, domestic protests. Uh, so that's a little hint, a little signal as to what they're planning for the next four years. If Trump were to win when he wins, hence the, the drama that Nikki Haley people don't want. But anyway, um, this idea of him being a dictator, people are very concerned about this. Emma Joe, what do you make of it? Well, I love how they, they always do this. They did this with um, the, the Justice Department last last time around, where they pretend that things that the president has constitutional power to preside over, Trump is somehow independent of his role as president. And they make a distinction between, like, Trump and the presidency while he's president. Yeah, and yes. then say that, like, as if he's some rogue citizen who has, like, who has, like usurped the power of the White House and is now like controlling all of these branches of government that he has full constitutional authority over, like the military <laughs> and the DOJ, by the way. Um, and, and like pretend that he's some sort of like, you know, rebel. Um, but yeah, like honestly, hopefully, honestly, hopefully, I mean, these quote unquote protests, which they are not, they're violent riots, if we've all lived through 2020, um, must be quelled. You cannot have people freaking out and breaking windows um, in the streets of cities across the country. First of all, lean in. I hope he does. And second of all, um, um, who is he? Millie? Is Millie? White rage Mark Millie uh, going to be all of a sudden converted to, to being Trump's apparatchik who's going to start arresting his political opponents and putting them in Guantanamo Bay? Is it going to be the drag queen um, military base that takes in the left-wing political hostages that Trump is going to order? I mean, okay. I can't like I can't even seriously have a conversation about this stupid fantasy world that these Upper East Side pundits make up. It's just ridiculous. It's such nonsense. Emma Jo Morris, the article is My Day with a Biden migrant. Broke, abandoned yeah. and lost in New York, and I can't read the last line of the article on the radio or TV. Yeah. Yeah, that that's my um, hallmark achievement as a journalist. 
And I appreciate you reading that, and I hope that everybody goes to read it. They may be more familiar with my with my more talked about work, that laptop from hell, but that is my best work. Right on the gravestone. <laughs> this line, this that's one right. line. <laughs> uh, Emma Jo yeah, Morris, right part. That's right, that last line. That's it. Here lies Emma Jo Morris. <laughs> and then the line that I can't read. Uh, Emma Jo Morris, Everyone, Breitbart go Politics. read it and you'll get the joke. Yes. <laughs> Breitbart Politics. Editor. Thanks, Emma Jo. Appreciate it. Thank Have you. Have a good day. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. Again, you can wa- now watch the show on The First TV. Just go to thefirsttv.com and all the different ways to watch are available there. Or if you have DirecTV Channel 347. Um, on tomorrow's show, we got to get to something I kept mentioning today. This NBC News article about how Trump... Uh, if he's if he wins, he will pressure the military to do certain things. And you're like, wait a second. The commander in chief doesn't pressure the military. <laughs> the commander in chief is in charge of the military. So that's one odd thing. But the article also signals, doesn't even signal, blatantly says what the plan is from the left when Donald Trump wins. So the question is now, will that scare you? Because that was the theme of today's show. It turned out to be that people are like well i don't want to vote for trump because of the drama that's coming like, drama <laughs> oh wow you're gonna let them win with that one you're gonna let them scare you into not voting for the person you want to because there will be drama hmm. we'll talk about this nbc news article and then uh that bigger picture point on tomorrow's show mike slater breitbart news daily spread the word Come and learn.